0: August 26, 2022, in Masechet Sanhedrina Dafkov Kof Gimal Amudbet. If you count down in the widest lines, it's three lines down. The first word on the line, the Gemara, is continuing to tell us about some of those Malchei Yehuda who had not been mentioned in our Mishnah, who also were terrible people. Opinions in the Gemara we saw and we'll see that they too lost their portion in the world to come in Olam Haba. So the first one that we're gonna to return to, his name is Ahaz. Ahaz happened to have had an interesting uh, uh, lineage after him. His son was Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a wonderful king. We've read about him, as Jesse reminded us yesterday, he had potential in the eyes of the Chachamim, to be Mashiach, I mean he brought this tremendous teshubah, repentance amongst all of Am Yisrael, Talmud, Torah, and so forth, that's the son of Ahaz, but the grandson of Ahaz seems to return, and maybe even in a worse way to his ways, that's Menasheh. So we're dealing with interesting times as, the, uh, as we analyze the monarchy of Am Israel. But anyways, Ahaz, the Gemara will record different traditions with regards to what each of these individuals did wrong. Not only the Pesukim, what they tell us, but we have traditions. Ahaz, Ahaz he annulled, he stopped the Avodah and the Mikdash. He didn't allow... Uh, for worship of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, through Korbanot, the Hatameta Torah, and he in some way locked away the Torah. He he closed it off. In other words, he hid it from the common folk. He uh, he found a way to make certain that people weren't doing Avodah and were not studying Torah Shene Emar and their Doresh Pasuk to this effect in Sefi Yeshaya: Sor te'uda belimudai. Sur, my understanding, is narrowing. So he narrowed, he closed off Te'udah, Te'udah milashona edut, that which testifies about God's oneness and grandeur. That would be the Avodah, the worship of a king, oftentimes is what shows that that king is important. If it's a king in solitude, you don't understand their kingship. So as a result, Te'udah is a reference to the Avodah, the eyes of the Chachamim. Hatom, again, to close off, to stamp, to seal the Torah Belimudai, is uh, interpreted in somewhat of a Peshat fashion. There's no Torah that was to be studied during the time, or easily studied during the time of Ahaz. His grandson Menashe, we skip over the good one, Chizkiah, but Menashe, Menashe, Kadaret Azkarot, he erased the names of God in the Sefer Torah, he, don't, he didn't only distance and put aside avoda. he destroyed the misbeh. he made it that it's impossible, it's not only forbidden, it's not only distant from the people, he destroyed the misbeh, took it a step further. Amon, another, a descendant and the next generation, terrible individual with regards to Malcheyudah, Sarafeta Torah. So it's no longer um, erasing the names in the Torah or forbidding it from study. He burnt it. And he brought forth Simamid. Simamid has different interpretations. Either it's some sort of strange animal, it's like a gecko of some sort, or alternatively Rashi has it as uh, there were cobwebs which uh, covered the Mizbeach. So he made it so distant from worship and from repair that there were cobwebs that were all over the place. Ahaz, another one of these... Terrible individuals. Hittir. We started really with Ahaz, right? The father of Hiskiyah. So we're back to uh, the wrongdoings that he did. We initially talked about the wrongdoings again with regards to Avoda and Torah. We'll imagine that as the strict Ben Adam La Makom between man and God. But he was uh, he was a terrible person in other facets. Ahaz Hittir Ta'irva. He permitted erva, erva means forbidden relations, arayot, we know the words, giluy arayot. He permitted, he actually permitted al pihalacha, not al pihalacha, but that's what he was doing and proliferating the fact that uh, people could and should have relations with family members and forbidden other uh, women and men to them. Menashe bala hoto. Menashe went a step further, as we're seeing that seems to be the, uh, the way the rabbis are leading us. Menashe goes a step further, he has relations with his sister, and then the worst, Perhaps, Amon ba'al imo, Amon has relations with his mother. Shene'imar, as the Pasuk says with regards to amon ki, amon, ki hu Amon hirba ashma, he was the one who had greatest in terms of ashma, ashma, asham, in terms of guilt. So his wrongdoing was the worst. Does that mean per se he had relations with his mother? Probably not, but the hachamim are uh, either being Doresh this uh, because it's the next stage with regards to how much worse can you get then in relations with your sister. Alternatively, I have some sort of, sort of tradition on this that that's who Amon was, that's what Amon did. Rabbi Yohanan, Rabbi Yasser, Hadamash Esaraph, Hadamar, baal Imo, with regards to the Ribuy Ashma that proliferate, that's very much. Uh, guilt of, uh, what's his name, of Amon, either it's a reference to the fact that he burnt the Torah or alternatively, as we just mentioned, he had relations with his mother. Says the Gemaraq, pause for a second, let's reconstruct that scene. It's a terrible, scary uh, thought. We either have a tradition, or we're imagining the circumstance where his mother says to him, Are you really benefiting? Are you really deriving pleasure from uh, returning to, in sexual relations, the place you came from? In other words, the mother turns to her son, Amon, and says, this is lustful for you? There's something, uh, something that you're enjoying about this? Amar la responds Amon in the memory of the Chachamim. ose et Do you really think that I'm after pleasure over here? It, do you think this is about desire? I'm just interested in angering my creator. In other words, he's admitting to the existence of Akadosh Baruch Hu, but he's trying to rebel. How could you find the full-fledged rebellion? I'm getting nothing out of this. I'm doing this l'shem, negative shamaim. I want to go against that. So I'm having relations with my mother, says Amon, terribly, Lo'Alenu, because and only because I want to make angry uh, my, my creator. Ki ata Yehoyakim, says the Gemara Yehoyakim, a next generation. Other terrible individual. The earlier generations, you know, that was that was the minor leagues. They didn't know how to truly anger Hakadosh Baruch Excuse me. They didn't know how to anger Hakadosh Baruch What do we need, after all, from this God, from the God? We need His light. We need the fact that He created light and gives us that ability to see in many respects, we have some beautiful glistening gold. That gold can provide the light for us. We don't need that God any longer. Gold will be our opportunity to see, to be successful. Let God... Uh, with a uppercase G, it seems like he's admitting to it. Let him take his light back. We don't need him. Uh, this whole thing is because we're dependent upon his light. Let him take it. We have zahav Parvaim. We have uh, glistening, beautiful gold. Amru lo, respond to uh, his his people. I don't know his uh, his his uh, his cabinet. They say back to him. of zahav shelohu. I said, listen, you're admitting to the existence of God. You you understand that he's that he created light. You're therefore looking to negate him by saying you're strong enough, but ultimately speaking, your strength is only because of him. The kesif, the zahav, the gold and silver which you're talking about, which you say, I will get the light from that, it's his. (laughs) Pasuk says that, Kadosh Baruch says about himself, that the gold and silver is mine. So what, I, if, it's one thing if you're negating God. It's another thing if you're saying this irrationally, let's fight against him. But ultimately speaking, you're trying to rationalize this, trying to explain. Listen, logically speaking, we don't really need him. You do need him. Amar lahem says in response, the reconstruction of this conversation with Yoho Yaakim. Amar lahem kevar nitanodanu. No, now it's ours. Don't you know the pasuk shenei? Amar ha the Pasuk and Tehillim says that HaKadosh Baruch presented and handed over the land to human beings. As a result, he says, I can possess the land and go against him. Of course, interestingly, it needs to be mentioned in this context. what well, we mentioned a few days ago from the Gemara Masech Berachot. The Gemara Masech Berachot asks <laughs> a contradiction. On the one hand, the Pasuk says, La donai Ha'aretz Umlo'ah Teveh V'yosheh The land is HaKadosh Baruch On the other hand, the Pasuk says, Ve Ha'aretz Natal So which one is it? Is it his or is it ours? It says the Gemara kashya." there's no contradiction. One is, quote, before you make a Beracha, and the other one is after you make a Beracha. Before you make a Beracha on the item, so it's, we imagine it in the domain of HaKadosh Baruch Once you made a Beracha and you attest and admit to his involvement with this, so then he hands it over to you. So if you juxtapose that to this story, if you have it together with this story, with Yahweh he misses the whole point. Yeah, if you handle it according to my rules, if you admit to my governance of this world, so then it's yours. You can't use it in that, I mean, he really skews it. He says it's ours, irrespective of any God involvement. Okay, anyway, that's the mention over here in the Gemara. Says so the Gemara onward, why is Yohoyakim not included in the list of the three? Why isn't it four kings or... Oh, we've added a few others, but why isn't at the very least in our Mishnah, or in any of the Beraytot, Yohoyakim, a member of that elite terrible group of kings who lost their portion in Olam be? maybe it should be because after all the Pasuk says, and our interpretation coming afterwards with regards to Yehoyakim, Yeter divrei Yehoyakim asher asa v'hanimsa Alav. So the pasuk describes these wrongdoings, terrible iniquities of Yehoyakim. And lastly, the reference is a curious one. <laughs> Vehanimsa alav. Nimsa means to be found, and that which is found upon him. Now, if I say to you, the person did terrible things, person sinned, person uh, hurt people, person, oh, I understand all that, and that which is found on him? What do that which is found on him? Says so the Gemara, uh, what does it mean, those last words? My, quote-unquote, the Hanimsa Alav, what do those words mean? again, it's Machloket, two interpretations, Biliezer and the hanan hadama shechakak shem avodat kohavim alamato, hadama shem shemayim alamato. Uh, one of two interpretations, but it has to do with the private parts of Yehoyakim that he carved into it either the name of his Avodah Zarah or alternatively the name of the true God, uh, our God. Uh, how do you interpret each of them? Both of them are an act of defiance against Akadosh Baruch Hu. Either, I'm so close, I know it sounds a little... Uh, a, a little contradictory. But listen for a moment, just to understand in the eyes of the Chachamim, either I'm so close to my Avodah Zarah, I'll write its name on my private part. I'm connected to it in, in every source of my existence and continued existence and pleasure and all that sort of stuff. Or alternatively, this is the place where I, uh, where I urinate from. This is the place where I turn and I do my uh, earthly issues. That's where I'll write the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Of course, the logic could be flipped, but irrespective of how you do it, the act was in the eyes of the haqamim an act of defiance, an act of I'm aligning myself with the Avodah Zarah or against Hakadosh Baruch Hu, But that being the case, whatever he did, it doesn't answer the question. With regard to so you, can Why? read both of them in the, oh, oh no, we didn't answer the question. Oh no, we didn't answer that question yet. So the Gemara is in the middle of the question, right? So that's, that's so either way you slice it, that's what I was. You know, either way you slice it, ultimately speaking, Yehoyakim did a terrible thing, and we're describing all these other terrible things he did. And we're understanding that he's a person who's defiant. He's the one who turns to the earlier generation, and says they didn't know how to anger Akadosh Baruch Hu properly. Remember, he's the one who says we don't need his light, but we have gold and silver. So the response here of Rabbah to Rabbah is Amar lo shama'ati. First and foremost, I don't have an answer to that question. In the context of kings, why Yakim is not on the list, I don't have an answer. So Jesse, we won't give an answer they will say, but at the same time, I have an answer to another strange, terrible individual why he's not on the list of the four yotot. If you recall, our Mishnah said, three melachim and four yotot, three kings and four non-kings, lost their portion of the world to come. On that list of non-kings was not, or not listed on that list was, an individual named Micha. Micha is this person we talked about a day or two ago. Micha constructed, erected an idol, in Eretz Israel, and he brought a movement of worship of it. Micha, the Gemara will record, based on Midrash and interpretation, brought this idol, or brought the opportunity for the idol, from Egypt with Am Yisrael as they leave. Why isn't Micha? I mean, listen, Yeravam bin Avad caused a mass movement with regards to Abu Ahav. We mentioned a lot of these kings who did these terrible... Why isn't Micha on that list as a Hediot? Says, uh, Rabat, to that I have a tradition. I might not know the answer to why Yehoyakim is not on the list, but why who who is also, very bad, also brought a mass movement against God, I can explain why he's not on the list. Shama'ati, behediotot, shama'ati. I have a tradition with regards to the behediotot, one of the non-kings. Mipene, malo manu et Micha. Why is Miha not on the list of those who lost their... Because his bread was found for those who were passing by, which means to say, housed people, nourished people, gave them the provisions that they needed. He may have been a bad person, he may have rebelled against God, he may have caused people to worship, but at his core, the Gemara has a tradition, he gave people food. He opened up, I don't know, soup kitchens of some sort. As people were passing by, there was food from him, as the Pasuk says, in some respect, so the, the, Gemara, the Gemara has initially what seems to be a Pasuk. Uh, as the uh, side points out, we don't truly have a Pasuk along these lines, so they're referring to some sort of tradition called Ha'ovir Veshavel Halevi. That's first and foremost. Now we go on to the wrongdoings of Micha. So again, the Gemara cites this Pasuk. As my Gemara says, we don't have this pasuk, but the pasuk is ostensibly attesting to Micha's good doings. If you don't have the pasuk, so alternatively you have it as a tradition. Those who were passing by and going, they would turn to them, and it's a reference to Micha and his his situation. But then the pasuk talks negatively, at least in the eyes of the Chachamim, about what, Mikha did wrong, so pause for a second. Mikha we know did wrong. Now we're about to derive that and reference it in a pasuk. Why was Micha saved, said Raba, to Rava? Because he was helpful to people. What does it say about him at least in our understanding? Ve'avar, pasuk says here in Zichariah, Ve'avar bayam sarah, bayam galim. So there's something that, that passed through the sea and something that in some way caused ripple effects, waves or something like that. That's a reference to the Pesel, the idol of Micha. Rashi quotes from a Midrash that uh, this Pesel is a specifically a reference to, not per se, that as they're walking through Yamsuf, Suf, he's holding a Pesel, but alternatively he, the Midrash has that when Ami Yisrael are leaving Egypt, Moshe Rabbeinu goes to find the bones of Yosef, which were sent down into the uh, Nile. And how does he do so? He writes the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, throws it into the, into the river, and it comes up. According to the Midrash, Micha grabs that name and holds onto it. It's the name which he uses in the future to construct, to bring forth, and ultimately speaking it's what causes the sin of this pesel, which Micha has in Eretz Yisrael so Rashi says that's what it's a reference to they're walking through Yam Suf and he's holding on to that shame which he found and took again, without permission from Moshe and you know kind of in his pocket ready to wreak havoc with it later on how did Micha make it into Eretz Yisrael I mean, he's from the door of yeah, like he brought the Abba, uh, does They exist. Huh? He had the guys that lived 400 It's like an old guy. Yeah, I don't know the answer. He's the leader. I really don't know the, know the answer. Function. I don't know. I hear you. Jesse's question, just to make it clear Jesse says the Pisukim do attest to the fact that aside from two, everybody dies in the desert except for Kalev and Yahshua. Everybody dies. What about Micha? Another, another oh, we have a few others. I don't know. Uh, again, so you have to say something along those lines as Robbie's saying, you uh, know, all died means just about all. Wow. Why would Michal be allowed in? Yeah. I'm yeah, not a hundred percent to, <laughs> oh, okay, the name, the name of, the name yeah. of HaKadosh Baruch who ironically helps I don't know. Alternatively, and this is the, uh, the more common vision of this Gemara and this uh, Midrash about Micha. Rashi has a Harina Aharina, is a different version. It just says, Micha had a Pesel. As they're walking through Yamsuf, he's holding on to the Pesel. Again, it certainly matches the words in our Gemara. When the Gemara says, Ze pislo shel micha, it certainly does not match at least my vision of Am Yisrael as they're leaving Egypt. Am Yisrael as they're leaving Egypt first and foremost in the rabbinic mind the hahamim have us understanding the Hamushim Alu B'nai Yisrael so most of them died in Egypt already because they were worshippers of Avodaz so that's first and foremost and Etam is a guy walking through with a Pesel secondly in the eyes of the Hachamim, but in the eyes of the Pesukim and the Torah the people are at a high prophetic level they're they're able to see something that the future prophets the prophet Yisrael was not able to, to see, and you're telling me in their midst there's someone holding on to a pesel, which he constructed? It's one thing if it's the shame, that name which he's going to use in the future. He's holding a pesel? All right, but that's the other description. There's lots to be said and to be understood about uh, these sorts of circumstances and situations, and the ambivalence which is inherent to human beings, even as we are in the greatest of our moments with regards to connectedness to matters that we know are truthful— we still, unfortunately, have a tendency to hold on to our old habits and our old ways. So you can be so plugged in and so connected, but in your back pocket is a pesil micha. Seriously? are you? How could that be? It could be. We're human beings. It's a, it's, it's, it's a very jarring, initially, imagery, but ultimately speaking, it, it's a very real life form. All right, says the Gemaraon, Tanya Rabinatan Omer, Migarav Leshilo Shelosha Milin. From this place, Garav, which is the place where Micha Rashi tells us, resided, to Shiloh, which is the place where the Mishkan was erected when we entered into Eretz Israel, into Eretz Kenan. So from one to the next there was a distance of three milin. That's a distance. The Haya Ashan Hana Ashan Pesil ze Bazer. And then you had this terrible imagery. You had the, the smoke, and of course this smoke when you sacrifice and you burn the flesh, the smoke of the ma'aracha from the mishkan of Shiloh, and um, the smoke of the sacrifices to this pesil of micha, they were combining in the you know in the sky as they went upward and they were kind of swirling upward a terrible imagery the imagery is one in which you have smoke of sanctity and then you have smoke of uh, defilement all together big says the Gemara Malachi Asharet Le and says the Gemara the angels the ministering angels turn to HaKadosh Baruch and say let's let's push him in Let's kill Micha this is terrible you see what he's doing? You understand what's happening over here? Uh, the, the imagery and the understanding of the Hachamim. is HaKadosh Baruch Hu turns to the angels and says, leave him alone. After all, he's a good guy. He's a good guy? He gives them food. I can't go against him per se to kill him. Uh, By extension, I can't bar him entrance into Olam HaBaz, the Gemara is telling us, because there's a true lesson through and through, and the Gemara will only embellish it further in a moment about helping others, about the character and personality of a person who might fall prey, might be rebellious in much of their life, they're helping others they extend themselves in a true and genuine way to others there's something very positive to be said about that says the Gemara on the flip side if anyone knows the story without getting into it of it's a circumstance. It's a time of uh, Am Yisrael beginning to settle, set, being settled in Eretz Canaan and Eres Israel, and Bnei Benjamin, the tribe of Benjamin, mistreat, objectively so, bring to the the death of a woman, a Pilegish. Am Yisrael at large are enraged by this and come to fight against the people of Benjamin. There's a civil war. Forty thousand people die. The pesukim tell us from Am Yisrael in this battle against Ibn Yamin It's a terrible and horrible circumstance. The Gemara as it sometimes does, is trying to find some sort of meaning for us with regards to the response. Weren't they fighting for the right thing? Says the Gemara, Kivyachol, God turns and says, wait a second, for my honor, nobody stood up. What's my honor? In the time of Micha? his pesil. which was around the same time period in the eyes of the Chachamim, right? And that pesil is uh, is combining forces with my Avodah and the ma'arakha. Nobody has an issue. It's only the angels. But when it comes to a human being, it's fantastic. I want you to stand up for it, now you take a stance? You only notice—I mean, it's—it's it's an ironic reality, of course, because we're used to the opposite message. You only o- notice the honor of God, not the honor of human beings. Over here, it's you only notice the honor of human beings, not my honor. going gonna—there's gonna be a certain retribution. Says the Gemara: Amar bi yishum Rebbe Doz Biyoseh Ben Kisma Gedola Legima Sheherchika Shetem Ishbachot Mei Israel. You should know. Legima, Rashi translates legima really means to swallow. Over here, says Rashi: Achilah Shema Achilin Orchem. It's the food that. That guests get. So look how great the food that's presented to guests is, or alternatively how great it is when you don't give it. How so? she There's two families which were distanced from entrance into, Eretz, into Am Yisrael, into our nation, because they didn't give that food to the passerbys. Who's that? She'ne'emar, al-devara she' lo kidemu etcheh em Pasuk says about Amon and Moab. Amon and Moab were part of the family. Amon and Moab are the children's and children and now descendants of Lot. Lot, of course, being a certain part of our family. The Torah says in Sefer Devarim, coming up right around the corner, Moshe turns to Am Yisrael, of course, by the word of God, and says, no entrance, not allowed in Amon and Moab. Why not? Because as we were passing through the desert, they didn't greet you with... Bread and water, you see, greeting people, presenting people with bread, water, food, is pretty significant. If you don't, well if you do, you don't, well you're out of the family. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Ochanan himself, this is Rabbi Ochanan, the initial statement, the name of Rabbi Oseh ben Kisma. he himself, he went even further. Amar, you should know how great and how important, significant, giving food provisions to others is. First and foremost, it pushes away, those who are close, if you don't give it to them. Number two, When you do present it, it brings people who are distant into the fold. We're going to give examples of each of these, but it's all references to when food is given or not given. It takes the eyes off of the wicked one. We know what that is already. That's Micha. Micha gets saved because he's giving it. And lastly, Amazingly, Peculiarly, uh, the statement lastly is, it gives Shechina, the indwelling of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, comes and resides on Nevi'eh HaBa'al, Nevi'eh HaBa'al, or of Avodah Zarah, for when they give food to others or don't in some way. All right, let's see what each one of these are. Says the Gemara, first and foremost, What does it mean when Rabbi Yochanan said that? How great is it? giving food to others, that it's mirachiketetakirobim. Okay, we know what that one is. that's what the Gemara just told us. Amon and who were kirobim, they were part of the family, they were distanced. How were they distanced? Moshe tells us, no entrance into our nation any longer. Why not? devar on the matter of, they didn't present you, they didn't come out in front of you as you're walking through their lands in the desert with food. Next, which ones who were distant got brought into the fold by giving food? We learn this from Yitro. In reward, as a reward for that which Yitro told his daughters as they returned back from the well and tell them we met this Ish Mitzri, of course being Moshe, he says to them Kirin lo, call him Viochal lahem, and he'll eat V'yochal lahem, and he'll eat bread with us. So first and foremost, the first act of Yitro to Moshe is call him in and let's give him food. But what's the reward? Yitro really included in Israel? Yisrael? We know Moshe asks him to be a part of us, and that's in Parashat Peha'alot Do we actually know that there's a continued involvement from the descendants of Yitro? says so the Gemara, we do, <laughs> The descendants of Yitro, as a result, were members of Lishkat HaGazit, which, of course, is the Sanhedrin, which is the high court, the supreme court of our nation. It's a fascinating thing. Before we read onward, the he statement... That's right, but listen to this, that's, that's what I mean by fascinating. The irony here is, if you asked me, if you told me, and with the Gemara going to be Doresh from Pesukim in a second, the descendants of Yitro were a part of our Sanhedrin. I say, of course, Parashat Yitro, go to the very beginning, read Parashat Divari, and you see Yitro was involved in the court system. Of course, it's the, I mean, that's the statement, I understand that they had a law of mind, they were involved in it, they helped with the creation of it. It's not a statement here in the Gemara. The Gemara says the reason they were involved is because of their chesed or the chesed of their, of their great grandfather. In other words, it's less about the fact that he did or built a system of justice, it's that he acted just and gave food to others. He lived up to those ideals. That was his involvement. Shene Iman, and it cites two pesukim. So the first pasuk is Mishbe Chotzoferim, Yoshebe Ya'abit. Tiratim, Shimatim, Shukatim, This is a reference of the um, the soferim, those who are the scribes, those who are the scholars. Again, the Yoseveleishkata Gazit. The specifics Rashi goes through with regards to Yaabets and so forth. But the, 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 for our purposes, the pasuk mentions the kinim mehamatavi Kenim, Kenim, we know something with regards to Kenim and Kenim and, and the descendants of Yitro. Uchtiv hatam. The pasuk says separately in Sefer Shofetim uBenei Keni hoten Moshe ara iratemarim, which means to say, who are the Kenim, or the Bene Kenim, those are from the father-in-law of Moshe. Who's the father-in-law of Moshe? Of course, that's Yitro. So we refer to Yitro as the Kenim, that's the land they come from, that's their family name to a certain extent. And we have reference, they were the ones in the Lishkat Hagazit. that's the Dirasha, here in the Gemara. Onward the Gemara, هارشايم, And you should know, giving food to others, uh, providing those provisions, has a way of 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 turning the eye or the eye of God who could be looking at you negatively when you're a rasha, when you're a wicked person, and doing and allowing for goodness. Mi-mi-cha, Micha, all right. We learned that from Micha. That's self-explanatory. That's what we talked about. That's how we got into this conversation already. Micha, who did terrible things, who did a terrible thing, nonetheless merits a portion in the world to come. Didn't die in his lifetime early because. He gave pito de dirachim. Lastly, the statement of Rabbi Hanan, uh, what's the nature of giving food, le'gima'a achat, uh, to others? Masre al ha It's uh, that Kadosh Baruch Hu brings his indwell and gives a Ruach HaKodesh of sorts to even those who are false prophets, those who are prophets of Avodah Zarah. Where do you learn that from? shel navi you learn that from the friend of Edohan navi uh, So here's the reference with regards to Edohan navi uh, Just very briefly Edohan navi is told, uh, uh, he's sent on a mission. Specifically on his mission he's told by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but don't eat from any of those people. And he enters into the fold and he's presented food from a person who is a false prophet but he falls prey to it. So, I'dohanavi eats from the food of that false prophet, a Navi Ultimately speaking, in the in the in the context of their meal, this false prophet has an inspiration from God and tells him. Vaihi, and so the, the, the pasuk says that he, all of a sudden he's inspired and he tells Hanavi this good prophet, uh, you're going to die, you won't ever be buried in a regular fashion and that's almost immediately fulfilled. He leaves and he's eaten by a lion, which means to say uh, the reference here is Idohanavi by being given food, from another person in a terrible circumstance. Again, Aido didn't listen to the word of God. He's kind of punished for that, but who envisions, who sees that? Beruah HaKodesh, who gets the Shekhinah? The Navi Haba'al, the wrongful Navi. Why is he getting that? Suggests Rabbi Yochanan, Because he gave that food. And lastly, says the Gemara, says Rabbi Yochanan, Shigigata Ola Zadon. You should know that even when you're mistaken with regards to not giving other people food, it'll count as a purposeful wrongdoing. What are you talking about? It means even if, and this is how careful you have to be with helping others, with providing food to others, even if by mistake you didn't realize the person needed the food, it might come back with a terrible consequence for you as if you did it purposefully. Where do we learn that from? The Amar of Yehuda, Amar it's from the statement of Rav Yehuda in the name of Rav. maleh had it been, if only, If Yonatan, the son of Shaul, when David is running away from Shaul, and we talked about this earlier in the Perek already, uh, David runs away from Shaul and finds his way to this city called Nov. If you remember, Nov is the city of the of the priests, of the Kohanim. He's there and he doesn't have food. He begs them for food and they give him food. He has bread from Ira <laughs> Kohanim. Ultimately speaking, this person, Doeg <inaudible> Ha'adomi, is there, sees that he's given food, bread from the Kohanim, reports it back to Shaul, and what does Shaul do? He slaughters, he kills that whole city. So one more time. What happened was, David's running away without any food. It happens upon the city of Kohanim. They give him food. Doeg sees that. Ah, they're joining forces with your enemy. Shaul goes back and tells Shaul about it, and Shaul kills them. The Pisukim then tell us how Shaul ends up getting killed together with his three sons. The Hachamim earlier in our Peric and again envision those deaths to Shaul and his three sons as a result of the killing of HaKohanim Nov, which means to say, piece it all together. We'll read in the Gemara in a second, it goes like this. Yonatan should have given David food. Had he given him two loaves of bread, David wouldn't have been starving, wouldn't have ever entered into Novi'ir HaKohanim. Had he not entered into Novi'ir HaKohanim, they wouldn't have helped him, it wouldn't have been reported, and none of this would have happened, which ultimately speaking, the eyes of the Hachamim, is what brought forth the death of Shaul and Yonatan himself, but Yonatan did it by mistake. Shigigata Olaza that's how important. Amarav, Amarav Amarav, Yonatan David, Sheteki Karot Lechem, Lo HaKohanim, that's what we explained already, Ve to nitrad in turn, we wouldn't have that tattletale. And furthermore, Doeg we saw in our Mishnah lost his portion in the world to come for that, so he wouldn't have lost his. Period. And lastly, Shaul and his three sons, including Jonathan, would not have been killed. They wouldn't have lost their lives. Which means to say, the mistaken circumstance of. Yonatan, by not realizing David's leaving, he's fleeing from my father. It's a dangerous situation. Just give him a little bit of bread, uh, provide him the provisions for this uh, for this escape. Uh, ultimately speaking, came back to not only hurt Yonatan, to hurt his family, to hurt others. It's a shigigat circumstance. Which is allah zadon the gemara in conclusion our final statements over here in the gemara lists the Hanan specifically does all the specific circumstances we can point to of the wrongdoings where people didn't give others food and those who did give and the tremendous reward which was consequential baruch amen amen.